I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is Joe Hodel, Ph.D., author of Sports Role Models, Book One. Derek Jeter, Michael Jordan, and Serena Williams are just a few of the 34 inspirational athletes who made the cut in Sports Role Models, Book One, from best-selling author Joseph Hodel, Ph.D. Readers will recognize many of the heroes Hodel profiles, including Michael Phelps and Pat Summitt. Other chapters feature lesser-known yet equally remarkable examples of the power of the human spirit, like Richard Norris Williams, who survived the Titanic and went on to win Wimbledon, or Bethany Hamilton, who lost her arm during a shark attack and returned to the waters to become a champion surfer. Each chapter is an engaging story about an athlete or coach who exemplifies positive traits that contributed to their success both on and off the playing field. For 20 years, Joseph Hodel has served as the CEO of Character Development and Leadership, an education-based curriculum company, and has created two educational programs that are used in more than 3,500 middle and high schools across the country. Welcome to the show, Joseph. Nice. To, is it Joseph or Joe? Nice to have you on. Yes, just, just call me Joe. Yes, All right. great to be here, Catherine. Uh, okay, I'm just going to call you Joe. Uh, we had a little conversation before the show, uh, whether we were going to focus just on women champions or we were going to do both. And uh, I think we'll do a little bit of both because, as you mentioned to me before, we do focus a lot on women's issues on my show. But all of these athletes that I just mentioned seem like superhuman gals and guys to me anyway. So... Uh, Okay, so the, what what do they have in common? What do all of the, the men and the women who achieved all that they have achieved, what, what, what do they have in common? Let's talk about that first. Well, the, probably probably the easiest one to go to right away is, is um, character and leadership. Um, what we did is we selected athletes who really exemplify a particular trait. So it, it might be uh, responsibility or desire or... Um, you know, like service or courage. And these are traits that, that uh, coaches told us that this is what sports does teach or that it should teach. So that's what we did is, is we selected uh, athletes that were um, probably good at what they did on the field, but then also they were tremendous human beings off the field and they had great character. And you've said, and I'm quoting you, I think, I'm quoting you anyway, uh, as Americans, we tend to pay attention to the scandals in sports. And I think that's true. We don't necessarily focus in on all these traits that you just mentioned. We like to hear all the the gritty stuff. And uh, this is something that's exactly the opposite of that. Of that. These are people who have done accomplished great things, even some of them who have had physical disabilities. Maybe we should start with that because I think it was, who was it? Um, who started? Oh, I'm trying to think. Well, I can't remember. Uh, let's start with, you start with the, well, let's start with Michael Phelps. I've always been interested in him. I think he's a fascinating character. Sure. Michael Phelps, um, I'm, I'm sure your, your audience, uh, most of the audience would, would certainly know who he is. He's, he's the most decorated Olympian of all time. He's won 28 different medals, uh, swimming medals, Olympic medals for, for America. Um, and, and we really chose him um, for, for focus. You know, he really has that ability to focus. But, 
what's interesting about him is that it, it wasn't always that, that way. When he was a child, he was uh, diagnosed with ADHD, um, and he was teased all the time. Really, a better term for it is bullied because he had these big ears and he had these big feet, and he didn't quite fit in with all this excess energy that he had. Um, so, so that was kind of a it was a tough time for him. Um, but really, swimming is is really what what um, I gave I guess gave him that focus because when you think about it, you know, ADHD, you're scattered and you can go any which way, but in a pool. You, you know, it's a rectangle. You go down this way, back that way, and he just keeps you focused. And he was able to channel all that energy into being really the greatest Olympian of all time. So as the greatest Olympian of all times, as I understand it, also his mother was an integral part of his training and pushing him and helping him to focus. And it was always there for him. Um, and that that also was critical in his accomplish- accomplishments. Um, as a champion, yeah, I, th- I, th- I, I know that's true. Um, particularly when when he was younger, um, you know, she was looking for for ways to help him. He hated swimming. I mean, he hated swimming. He he tells all these stories about how they would force him to get in the pool because he just hated it. But um, he was he, he was able to, like I said, he was able to find his focus. He was able to um, kind of tame all that extra energy that he had. And, and when you're able to do that, particularly with the help of, of, of a parent, um, you know, he found his way. He also was involved in some scandal. I don't know if we should mention that, but wasn't it something with a bong? He had some difficulties with that in terms of, um, I mean, he's young. He's a, I don't want to say he was a young kid, but yes, he was very young. Um, so uh, how, how did he resolve that? Yeah, I, I look. The people that I wrote about are not Boy Scouts. Um, you know, these, <laughs> nobody these are, is. These yeah, athletes. <laughs> I could I could write about um, uh, uh, Tony Tony Dungy and a lot of people like him that were pretty much saint like. Um, but but I don't think that that would really um, you know capture the the cross section of of America and the cross section of of sports. That that if I were to write about anybody, and that includes you or um, I, if I talk to enough people in your life, I could find some things that you have done that you probably wouldn't want in print. And that was true of just about every athlete that I wrote about. And he did, uh, after, after an Olympics, you know, think about it. He's been, he dedicated his whole life to, to, uh, swimming and, um, being on Team USA. And, uh, afterwards he went out to a party and he, um, you know, has a picture of him smoking marijuana, and and um, he's able to talk about that. He's able, and that's why I I included in the book is because he he talks about it. He says, you know, these are the mistakes that I made, and this is what I was doing, and this is why I regret it, and this is why I'd, why I'd hope that you wouldn't follow in those footsteps. Well, I think that's great, and and the fact that he mentions it and you talk about it, that's important. Because as you said, you know, if you went into anybody's history, you can always find something. Maybe not with me, but, you know, everybody else, right? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Anyway, yeah. Okay, so that's good. That's a positive thing. And uh, all right, so let's go on to, I mean, he is, obviously, he's one of the most accomplished swimmers of our time. So who should we talk about next? Um, Because Serena Williams um, is another one that comes to mind. I I find her amazing, Uh, just an incredible woman. And uh, what kind of, I guess, uh, challenges did she, that did she have that she had 
to overcome to get where she is? Sure. Uh, Serena, Serena Williams is, is probably the greatest female tennis player of all time. Uh, she's won 23 different Grand Slam titles, and together with her sister, they have another 11 in terms of uh, doubles championships. Um, it, you know, it's really, it's really an amazing story um, when, you, when you think that, I mean, it was her father that had this crazy idea. It was 1978. He watched this French Open. He, he learned how much the, the winner won. You know, all with the the take home prize, and and he sat there and he thought, you know, how come we never see African Americans uh, in in tennis? And he reasoned it was because they didn't, uh, they weren't taught the game early early enough. So he came up with this crazy plan, uh, seventy eight page plan, and it, it included uh, having children, having daughters, and teaching them the game of tennis. And that's what he did. He got married, and uh, his wife. <laughs> <laughs> gave him two two daughters, uh, Venus and Serena, and he moved from Saginaw, Michigan, out to um, uh, the Compton into into um, California, basically into the slums there and in the hood. And he um, went down and, and taught him how to play tennis, and they both of them became unbelievable tennis players. And we chose Serena for grit because she really had that ability. When when the cards are down, the chips are down. She had that ability to to come back and 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 win really important mas- matches. So you you chose Serena for grit, and I'm thinking about we've been talking with, with uh, Michael Phelps, the mother, and now here, dad. Uh, maybe your next book should be about the grit and the character that all these parents had in order to get their kids <laughs> <laughs> not only involved, but as you say, stay focused and and follow through, right? Um, yeah, that's quite a story. So uh, there were others. Maybe we should get into some of these women, I think, that you had uh, sent me. Because I, I, I find um, Wilma Rudolph, okay? I mean, this is a young mm. woman who had polio and leg braces as a child and then ends up winning three gold medals in track. And as you say, yeah. ushered in Title IX. How, boy, how'd she do that? Yeah, that's it's a great story. She grew up in she grew up in Tennessee. She was something like the nineteenth of twenty one children, um, and uh, she's just always a sickly child. And she had just about everything you can think of. But her big um, obstacle was polio, and and um, she needed braces in order to walk. And her mother, um, well, she has this quote, and it says, "The doctor said I would never walk. My mother said that I would. I believe my mother." Yeah. And at the age of 11, they took those braces off of her. And um, five years later, she is running in the Olympics and wins a medal for for Team USA. And then uh, four years later, at the age of 20, she becomes the fastest woman to ever walk the face of the earth and breaks world records and, and wins three gold medals for Team USA. Um, and... And, and and really, she spent the rest of her. She retired right after that, so she's only like 21 years of age, and she never runs again competitively. But she she spent the rest of her days um, really working on Title IX and, and and making it so that women had just as many choices and options as men did when it comes to athletics. 
talk about making a difference. And, and you got mom involved there as well, right? She believed her mom rather than the doctors. I like that. <laughs> See, this is a consistent theme to all of this, I think, with the, yeah, with the mother, parents. Uh, you know, because most people who, ha- and I have known people who have had polio or wear braces or find themselves in those kinds of positions or even have strokes, I mean, they're happy just to, or satisfied with just being able to walk again, just walk normally again. And, and then you have this incredible, uh, I'm going to call it sports genius, emotional genius as well, right? Don't you think so? You have to have that emotional high quotient um, to be able to accomplish all of this. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you certainly have to have the drive. Uh, I mean, it's it's one thing to have ability. Um, there's a there's a lot of people. I use golf all the time. There's 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 probably uh, five thousand people in the world that can hit a ball three hundred yards at this moment in time. But only a handful of them, maybe a hundred, hundred and fifty of them, are going to become you know on the PGA Tour. So you know what what separates that? And it's it's not just ability. It's the drive. It's the desire. It's the work ethic. It's the dedication. And um, really. You know, it, it takes all of those factors um, in order to make it where you where you where you could possibly get to. And you work with a lot of children. You've been a, a coach, a professor, a teacher, all of those things. And as I uh, mentioned, <clears throat> the CEO of Character Development and Leadership. And when you're working with kids, uh, middle school, high school kids. Uh, what's their response? Because sometimes you could look at these athletes and say, I could never do that. I mean, it's impossible. I don't have the drive or the grit or the work ethic and and give up rather than say, well, okay, but don't give up. This is something that you want to work toward. So uh, what are those? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, listen, we all, I can't, I can't run the ball like Barry Sanders. I can't shoot a three like Steph Curry. Um, I can't golf like Arnold Palmer. These these are things that only a select few get to that level, and we we all have to understand that. And there's a reality. There's a ceiling for everyone. Um, but what I want people to get out of these books and why why I wrote them is is is, is I want people to be inspired, right? And I and I I've learned from working with kids is that they they can be inspired and that they want to be inspired. And it's not just kids; it's all of us. And if we can sh- uh, show them examples of, of real-life people who exemplify these traits, um, then it can inspire them to to do better and be better. You know, I was just talking just briefly about Barry Sanders. Well, you know, what do we? I sit around and I watch football games, and and half the people that I'm sitting with go, you know, why do they have to have all these choreographed dances, and why do they have to have all these celebrations, and 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 um, so. When I write about Barry Sanders, I wrote about him for humility because um, when he would do superhuman things with a football, he would score the touchdown and he would just simply hand the ball off to the ref, you know, and no dances, no me, 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 and he'd go back to the bench and drink his drink his Gatorade. And I think there were millions of parents that would say to their kids, you know, you see that? Now that's how it's done. And, and um, I think that lesson is still applicable today what about the that's a good example that's another kind of example like this if you're talking about barry sanders humility uh what about the athletes who aren't humble but they're superstars and we could name a few we don't have to even name them but you know which is very different which is the opposite than somebody like he who is humble who just 
goes off and drink his drinks his Gatorade. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> there are others, many others probably, uh, not probably, there are, who are far from humble. How do they fit into this picture? Well, I, I, you know, we all we all have our our strengths and our weaknesses. We have the things that we do well, and 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 things that we don't do well. Um, and I wouldn't say everyone has to be like Barry Sanders. It, I mean, let's just take football. Football is a game of fun, and it is a game of emotion. And I don't think there's anything wrong with showing that type of um, I don't know that enthusiasm, that excitement. Um, I'm not saying that. I'm I'm just saying that um, that. It's a really good example, though, because sometimes you go too far, right? And sometimes even it happens in in um, in high school or in college where where people go too far, and they and they feel like after they score they have to taunt the opponent or they have to they have to um, you know jaw with them and and talk trash and and I don't think those are really positive examples. So so I want to be able to you know just show that you can act with class and dignity and help the other team up when they've fallen and you can say good job. And I think, and I think to, sh- to show an example like that, I, I think that's, uh, you know, I feel proud about that. Yeah, I, I think that's true. Uh, they don't have to get nasty. They don't have to bully people. They don't have to flaunt their superiority. And uh, that's, those kinds of traits are not helpful to anyone. Um, no, I, I agree with you. But uh, so what kind of responses, I mean, you've seen so many kids and you've been to so many high schools and so many, and, and, and uh, what's the relationship between the coaches, the parents and the kids? How does that work? What do you need? What kind of a relationship do you need to help make these kids be the best that they can be and to inspire them with the athletes that you've written about in the book? Yeah, I- I would just I would just say that um, it's about it's about teaching them the qualities the life lessons that that sports does teach and and um, a lot of times coaches will just take maybe a, a coachable moment they'll see something but what I what I want them to do is I want them to be proactive and I want them to actually um, impart these life lessons teach these skills on purpose do it consistently. Um, and that's really how you make the difference. Uh, I think I think sports does naturally teach some of these traits and some of these life lessons. Like if no one ever brought them up, you would just you would just learn them. But I think maybe that's thirty to fifty percent of the lessons. Um, but a good coach, you know, even a good parent, will be the ones that will regularly, consistently, and on purpose teach these lessons. And I hope that's what these books do. Um, you know, the, the kids, they never see these books because it's an app-based program for, for, um, for high school athletes. But, um, but, the, but the books, we, we, just, we just wanted to reach a broader audience because it's not just for the 16-year-old that is playing sports. It's, it's for anyone who's a sports fan, and, and it's telling the stories behind the stories. It's what made these people great, and hopefully they find some inspiration in there for, for themselves as well. And sports is one of those things that everybody, whatever your political beliefs, whatever your ethnic or religious background is, everybody goes to sports games. Everybody wants to see the game. And that's one place where it brings people together, no matter what, no matter where you come from or what you believe in. So, uh, which is a good thing. 
Uh, I want to go back to what I said in uh, the intro, and we were talking about uh, the, the two people that I mentioned, the one, Richard Norris Williams, and to tell you the truth, I had never heard his name before, who survived the Titanic and went on to win Wimbledon. How, tell us that story. Yeah, it's, uh, it, I call it the greatest story never told. Um, I've, I've told this story uh, many times, even a lot of uh tennis people and they've never heard the story and yet he's in the the tennis hall of fame so he's 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 a young kid he's 18 years of age and he gets this scholarship to go to harvard and he's going to play tennis there and like most parents the dad says hey um i'm going to take you to college uh he lives in switzerland so he says uh, i'll tell you what um let's go on this new new ship uh, i don't know if you ever heard of it. it's called the titanic and we'll go on its maiden voyage and we'll we'll go right into new york city and and then we'll go on there from there. And uh, spoiler alert: uh, the Titanic uh, it sinks, and and they're on it. And like 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 you would just just like see seeing the movie, they helped women and children into boats and never thought about getting into them. Um, and as the ship's about to go down, the smokestack actually comes down on his father and kills him right in front of him. Um, and then Richard jumps into the water about 60 feet and um he finds this little they called it a life raft but it was it was it was semi-submerged so for the next five or six hours he was in water um submerged from the hip down and when he was rescued by the carpathia um the doctor on board said him sorry son we're gonna have to cut off those legs um and he responded by saying sorry doc i'm gonna need those legs so he um, he was right, and he kept his he kept his legs, and about six weeks later, he went on to win the U.S. Open. That's uh, yeah, that's the greatest story ever told. You're absolutely right. Well, now I'm not going to forget Richard Norris Williams, uh, not after you told the story. Okay, we only have a few minutes left, so let's maybe Beth, the, the Bethany Hamilton because she lost her arm during a shark attack. Let's talk about her. And then she got, goes on to be a champion surfer. How'd you do that? Sure. Uh, Bethany Hamilton, um, you know, they have a movie out, out about her. Um, but she was, she lives in Hawaii and her mother came in before school and said, Hey, surf's up, let's go. And they went out uh, surfing and they didn't like what they saw. So she actually ended up Anyway, she ended up with a friend, and they were surfing, and she's waiting out in the in the waves, and um, a shark comes in and literally just bites off her entire arm. She loses fifty uh, percent of her blood. Uh, has her taken her to the to the hospital? She ends up surviving, um, and within four weeks uh, on Thanksgiving, she ends up. Uh, taken up surfing again. She learns to surf with, with one arm, um, and she went on to compete uh, professionally in surfing, and she won some major competitions uh, and still surfing today. She's got a child, and uh, it's just, just an amazing story of, of you know overcoming such adversity. And now she's a super mom. <laughs> she, she uh, yeah. She uh, we only have a couple minutes left. Great stories, by the way. And uh, obviously a lot more stories in the book, Sports Role Models, book one. And I've been talking to the author, Joel Hodel, PhD. So could you give us a, uh, not Joel, Joseph, uh, give us a uh, website and or websites to go to for more information about the book and about your work and what you do. 
Yeah, absolutely. So we, it, there are three books out. It's Sports Role Models, Book One, Book Two, and Book Three. Uh, it features over uh, it's actually 102 different athletes. Um, and the website is called AmazingRoleModels.com. Um, of course, you can find them on Amazon as well. But you can you can buy one or you can buy all three. Um, if you're a sports fan out there, and and uh, you, you know these are a lot of the the heroes and and people that you've looked up to, and then some stories like we said that you've never even heard before. Great, Joseph Hodel. Thanks so much for being on the show today. It was a lot of great information and also a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, thank you, Catherine. It's great to talk with you. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. 